0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this very special edition of Who's Raven On? The Jefferson Starfish episode. Now, in case you aren't aware, Stu and I had a very stupid idea (laughs) about four episodes into the Who's Raven On? podcast to create an episode, our own episode of Doctor Who based on a giant starfish named Jefferson Starfish, inspired by Jefferson Starship. A whole bunch of ideas have then gone into, as we rolled through the uh, podcast.
1: Many of them contradicting each other. Yes. So
0: I have taken a bunch of them, put them into and created an episode. And that is what we're about to record live here right now. Uh, We have a cast here, none of whom have seen the script. They do not know what's going to happen. And it's probably going to be... Look, it's probably going to be like a mid-tier or lower episode comparative to. So basically, Who.
1: pretty much on par with the rest of the season.
0: <laughs> let's yes. hope. Let's hope. Um, so, of course, we have um, now. I will be playing the Doctor. I'm not playing Jodie Whittaker's Doctor. I'm just playing the Doctor, and Stu will be playing my companion Stu. Mm. Um, which will be a stretch for the him realms acting-wise. of the imagination. That's right. Um, so to complete out the cast, we have Nick Wiggins. Hey. We have Greg Robotham from the Smart Enough to Make a Podcast. And we have Scott Driscoll, long-time hey. listener and eager volunteer. For
2: people. Yes. <laughs> eager volunteer
0: for this project. Um, so none of you—you you can confirm none of you have seen the script apart from the I'm, first page that I'm is. I'm seeing the
1: first chunk of it right now. First
0: chunk of it. Uh, I believe Greg is going to take up the narrator role to begin with. Mm-hmm. So we will Second. start. Oh, and we're going to be doing live sound effects where possible. <laughs> oh,
3: okay. uh, we are. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, if there's instruction there for sound effects, we're going to try and attempt to do them. Um, just with our mouths, not with you know anything else. This is a live podcast recording of a Doctor Who episode. Let's start now with Jefferson. Let me Star- narrate.
4: Let me narrate. Okay.
0: <laughs>
4: Jefferson Starfish, a Doctor Who story. Inside the TARDIS, typical crashing, banging sounds as the time machine approaches its destination. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know I said I wanted to
1: see a solar eclipse, Doctor, but I didn't think it would be this much trouble.
0: Don't worry, Stu, we're almost there. They're a dime a dozen, really, but the total solar eclipse over California on New Year's Day, 1889, is one of the best. I promise you it'll be worth it.
4: Sound of the TARDIS landing and (laughs) stabilising.
0: That's it, good girl. See, back to your old self.
4: The Doctor and Stu opened the door. It's dark outside, misty and cold.
0: Wow! We got here right in the middle of totality. I can't see anything. This is brilliant!
4: Bells chime in the (laughs) distance. Bong, (laughs) bong, bong, bong. I'm not
0: sure this is California, Doctor. Of course it is. Give it a few minutes and the sun will come out again and there'll be nothing to see but coastline and orange groves.
4: The sound of horses hooves on cobblestones. I'm
0: just not getting LA vibes here, Doctor. No, the TARDIS definitely got it right this time.
4: A small Cockney newspaper boy runs past.
0: Extra, extra,
3: read all about it. New year brings new crime wave to London.
1: Damn it, girl! We're back home, but what new year is it? The doctor grabs the Cockney boy.
3: What's your name? Alan Cumming, miss. Do you the wooden pews or not, miss?
1: Wooden pews?
3: Do you want a butcher's at me linen draper? <laughs> Can you even Adam and Eve it? That old geezer. Who done a kebabbed up the apples and pears? Me finger and thumb doesn't even want me out. But if I don't make a few bob out here on me, Jack and Jones, me little brother will rhubarb me up the hole. Rhubarb me up the <laughs> hole. Can you believe it? Could I end up in the kitchen sink.
0: It's lucky the TARDIS automatically translates all alien languages and cockney rhyming (laughs) slang into something I can understand. I think he wants us to buy his newspaper.
1: I don't have any cash, but here's a Jammy Dodger. Yeah. (gasps) He cries and
4: runs away.
0: You can't say that to a boy. The doctor shakes her
4: head at (laughs) Skew's obvious insult. Well, what's the news? (laughs) The doctor unfolds the paper and stares at the oversized headline, which is below the date of publication of 1 January 1889.
0: Jack the Ripper
4: is back! to Whitechapel oh, really nice. <laughs> early morning the doctor and stew are walking at pace <laughs> through the streets which are bustling with everyday activity of, tra- oh, act- of trades people shopkeepers street hawkers and drunks on their way home <laughs> stop touching my jammy dodger <laughs> oh,
0: I'm a prostitute Jack the Ripper cannot be back. It's 1889.
1: Isn't that when he was killing all those prostitutes?
0: Jack the Ripper committed five murders in Whitechapel between August and November of 1888. He disappeared into history after that. And they're sex workers, not prostitutes, Stu. Here in the East End in late 19th century, sex work was often the only way for women to make money. They already have the Victorian middle class judging them. They don't need you doing it too. I'm
1: sorry, Doc. I'll try to be more sex positive.
0: Good. Hey, want to see my big O positive face, hey? hey, That
1: joke would not be okay if you were still a man. Oh.
4: <laughs> <laughs> they stop by a group of bobbies running around a roped off area with dirty faced Victorian working class types milling around trying to get a look in. The doctor flushes her psychic paper.
0: Yard, forensics.
4: The policeman on duty lets them pass and walk to the courts.
1: I know I'm going to sound like a freak, but I can't believe we're about to see a real Ripper victim. They see the body. Stew immediately hurls.
0: <laughs> 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 this is not a Ripper victim.
1: I don't know, Doc. It looks pretty ripped up to me.
0: Stu, Jack the Ripper is the world's most infamous serial killer. Apart from the name, what is the one thing everyone knows about him? Stu
4: <laughs> looks blank.
3: Jack Veriper was not <laughs> a killer of men.
4: <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's a brave choice. <laughs> the doctor <in> stew- <laughs> the doctor too. Stew- <laughs> Turned to see Inspector Frederick Abeline staring at them coolly. He is short, plainly dressed, not flashy, with a bowler hat and a moustache. There is a musical sting that gets conveyed. How cool it is! This is an episode's first historical celebrity cameo. <laughs>
0: That's right! Jack the Ripper killed women. You're Inspector Abiline.
4: She holds up her psychic paper.
0: I'm the doctor, and this is my... laboratory assistant, Stuart Late.
4: Governor,
1: I've always wanted to say that. Uh, don't re- <coughs> I don't recall
3: you from <laughs> Scotland Yard.
0: Uh,
3: <laughs> you must have transferred in after I was seconded back here to Whitechapel to deal with the murders.
0: Yes, that's right. Terrible business. Still unsolved all this time later.
3: The last murder was less than two months ago. That is not much time. The case still can be solved.
4: The doctor tries to look hopeful.
0: Sure it can. But you must think this is a copycat case.
3: If so, it was a particularly big cat. and I'm not aware of any reports of escapes from <laughs> the London Zoo. I wah, shall have wah, to wah. continue my original thesis someone as intimate is imitating the Whitechapel
1: murderer. That's what the doctor... Uh,
0: Stu! Collect some samples. Here.
1: The doctor throws Stu some latex gloves. <laughs> this is not how I expected to be spending my
0: day.
3: There was a very thin gloves. Uh, new
0: innovation? What?
1: The oh. doc... The doctor checked her watch?
0: Oh yes. From America. You'll be seeing a lot of them soon.
1: Believe me, you'll soon get very wary when your doctor starts pulling them on before an exam.
0: And <laughs> uh, Never mind him. Lab humour. When was this body discovered?
1: About three hours ago, just before
3: dawn. That's the woman who found him. The doctor moves over to chat to Ultima Thule,
4: a local <laughs> water woman.
0: What's your name, miss? Ultima Thule Man!
2: Can you tell me what happened? I was just on my morning rounds, dropping off clean linen and so forth. I fly by, if you will. I came down Pluto Street on the lane here, and there he was. Oh, it was awful. The blood. Did you see anyone nearby? Oh, no, it was just him on the cobbles. Bit of dust and ice around, given the weather. But aside from that, oh, it was terrible. Thank you. Oh, I think I'm done with London. So much crime and hardship. Now it's a new year. I think I might seek out new horizons. Uh, Constable. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps
0: a cup of tea for Miss Thule.
4: A young Bobby directs Ultima Thule away from the crime scene.
0: That was a bit of an anticlimax, really.
4: The Doctor rejoins Inspector Abiline and Stu has turned a peculiar shade of green.
0: Inspector, do you know who he is or was?
4: Winton winks. He
3: was an itinerant dock worker on his way to St Catherine's. But the weather has been bad. They're not open today.
4: Stu stands up. So you're saying he was. Stu puts on a pair of sunglasses. <laughs> Docked a day's pay. Yeah! <laughs> d- 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 the Ab- Inspector Abilene looks confused. The doctor looks embarrassed. <laughs> a man has died. Stu awkwardly removes his sunglasses. I was just.
1: Murder is a lot more punchy where I'm from. <laughs> Stu goes back to looking at the body. He's new. What's NTC? It's on this badge he's wearing. Wow, that's a lot of blood. Uh,
3: The Norway Trading Company. They're based at St. Catherine's Docks. It's like
1: a red cordial flood in a meat mincing machine down here.
0: Thanks, Stu.
1: (laughs) Oh, gross. What even is this in his mouth? Doc, are you quite well? The
4: doctor scans the corpse with the sonic screwdriver.
0: This looks like salt or flakes or scales, close but not quite right.
1: This guy needed a dentist, wow.
0: Inspector, would you take Stu back with you to Scotland Yard and run lab tests on what this substance is? I'm going to pay a visit to the Norway Trading Company.
4: Stu can be heard quietly retching again. Will Mr Late be all right?
0: He's adjusting to the work. You know what they say, better late than never.
1: That is appalling. The doctor (laughs) (laughs) rushes. Rushes away! This way, Mr. Lace. You're lucky you don't look
4: much like Johnny Depp. Who? Cut to a small, dingy store near a street sign saying, Fleet Street. Inside the gloom, we can hear the sounds of metal and water. As if, as if something is being washed. Against the back wall, we can see the shadow of a large triangle and some groaning noises as spooky atmospheric music plays. (laughs) Cut to St Catherine's Dock. The doctor turns a few corners and looks up at signs until she sees one saying, Norway Trading Company. The doctor opens the door, and the bell rings as she enters. Bell rings as she...
0: Yeah. Ding ding! ding. ding, ding, ding. She looks at
4: a large map on the wall showing trade routes as well as some photographs, including one of four men on the bow of a ship called SS Jetson. Barnaby Shot enters. His clothes are heavily starched, matching his ironing board posture. He gives off slimy vibes.
3: the most trading routes since the East India Company. We can acquire or deliver whatever you
4: need, madam.
0: Doctor, actually, with Scotland Yard.
4: She flatches her psychic paper. How may I assist?
0: Do you have a worker named Winton Winks on your books? i
4: you never heard that name.
0: Would you mind double-checking?
4: Of course, doctor. Barnaby Shart goes behind a counter and pulls out a large employment ledger. He flicks through to the W section.
3: Walker, was. See Winton... No, 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 Winks, I'm afraid.
0: Funny, he was on his way down here this morning to look for work. Many
3: men line up for daily work with us, Doctor. Sadly, today we are unable to sail due to the unusually high tides.
0: He had a pin with your company <laughs> brand on it. We Where give... would he have got that?
3: No, pins would give them away, hundreds of them. He could have got it from anyone.
0: Perhaps a fellow Doc Walker who didn't... Want it? Maybe. Interesting collection of pictures you have here. All over the world. Africa, the Mediterranean, South Pacific, Indonesia.
3: The Dutch East Indies.
0: Ah, yes. Another empire.
3: British investment there is increasing. There are fine spices there, of course. Not to mention the rubber,
4: (laughs) (laughs) oil and (gasps) quinine. The doctor looks again at the photograph of a man aboard the SS Jefferson. Is that... Yes,
3: Krakatoa, not long before the eruption. (laughs) Quite a moment. I remember. The Jefferson managed to get out of there before the cataclysm. Sadly, we lost a number of sailors, most of whom were on furlough in Java. Still, the ships and cargo were insured, so it didn't represent as big a loss to the company as might be expected.
0: More than 36,000 people died because of that volcano. Whole islands were wiped out. It caused a global temperature drop that we're only now, this year, starting to recover from. And your concern was the insurance? Madam. Doctor. Without trade, empires are nothing. And without workers, your trade routes go nowhere. Are you sure there is no Winton Winks on your book?
4: Positive, madam. mm mm-hmm. Doctor. Cut to Scotland Yard, establishing shot of the outside, with horses and carts going past. <laughs> and bobbies on drills. <laughs> 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 In a training area to the side. <laughs> oh, Skew is oh, looking there. particularly delicate, due to what we can only imagine is a terrible smell. I'm sorry we had to stop three
1: times on the way here for me to vomit. I'm not quite used to the smells of London.
3: You should have smelled it before Mr. Basilgett installed his
1: sewers. Also, this may not be the time to raise it, but I'm not actually qualified
4: to do an actual autopsy. (laughs) The police surgeon should have that underway. They open the doors to the mortuary-slash-laboratory to find the police surgeon scribbling notes beside the corpse of Winton Winks. Inspector, good to
3: see you. <laughs> this is Mr. Light, the new addition <laughs> to the
2: forensics team. Bond. Thomas Bond. Seriously? I mean, uh, uh, good day, sir. Always nice to meet another doctor. Oh, I'm not
1: a doctor. I guess I intern for one?
2: What can you tell us?
1: Dr.
4: Bond rips back the sheet covering Winton Weeks' face. Oh, sweet Jesus.
2: Not the Ripper. Oh, wow, that blood is really congealed.
3: It doesn't match the fine?
2: Aside from the fact the victim is male, the death wound is all wrong. The prostitutes... Sex workers? ...had their throats slashed from left to right, suggesting the killer was right-handed, and approached the victims from the right-hand side. This man was attacked solely on the torso in a vicious, stabbing manner. Does it bear any resemblance to the Thames' torso murders? Ah, only that the torso is a feature in both cases. Again, the victims there were women, and this is a very aggravated attack on a man.
1: Torso murders?
3: Yes, the discovery of women's remains in the Thames at Raynham last year, and Whitehall this year.
1: Oh man, how is that not as famous as Jack the Ripper?
3: It's perhaps because the killer did not attract a memorable
2: sobriquet. (laughs) Dismemberment, Dan? Torso Terry? There is, however, something water-based in this case that I believe you spotted, Mr. Lee.
1: The trunk-caller? Oh, I'm sorry, what?
2: The presence of material in the mouth (laughs) of the victim.
1: Oh yes, the uh, scaly bits.
2: Ossicles, actually. Calcium carbonate plates. They form the endoskeleton of starfish. Starfish? How did you know that? I have a timeshare in the Maldives. (laughs) So
3: the unfortunate (laughs) Mr. Winx had a starfish shoved in his mouth at some point during
1: this fatal assault? So it would appear. High five for detective work, Inspector.
2: Get it? Because a starfish has five arms... never mind. Uh, Yes, Mm. there's something else. (laughs) Uh, It's interesting you raise your hand, Mr. Late. The ossicles are not just in Mr. Winks' mouth, but also underneath his fingernails. You fought back. Quite ferociously. Mr. Winks was a dock worker, not without strength, and one would expect to draw blood with that level of self-defense. But there is none to be found under the nails. Just ossicles. And this is relevant because... Because starfish, Inspector Abiline, do not have blood.
4: Dramatic musical sting! (laughs) Cut to outside the Whitechapel Bell Foundry! Dozens of workers (laughs) are filing out of the gates after they shift. There's general chatter among the men as they head towards the pub. (laughs) We see one man, Gideon O'Grady, check his pocket and realize he's forgotten something. Oh, I've left my watch in the workshop. Go on, I'll catch it to ten bells. The man heads back towards the gate, but then hears a loud crash and a faint cry. From down a nearby dark laneway, he goes to investigate. Is someone there? Do you need help? A loud sucking noise is heard. And in the dim light, we see a triangular shadow on the wall. Five years. Who are you? A beam of light falls over the mysterious creature so Gideon can see it, but the audience cannot. What are you? Hangry! The mysterious creature lunges at Gideon O'Grady and he screams! Ah, oh, Bikora! <laughs> Thrashing and thrusting noises can be heard.
1: Yeah, That yeah. really hurts!
4: Oh, get out of there! <laughs> oh, what are you doing? Cut to Scotland Yard! Inspector Abiline and Stu are leading the building just as the Doctor pulls up in a handsome cab.
0: So what were the scales?
1: Uh, Not scales, ossicles from Starfish.
0: Starfish?
3: Doctor, the victim's wife, Widow, lives not far. (laughs) We were going to see
4: if she could reveal more.
0: Well then what are you waiting for? Bessie here will take us.
4: The horse (laughs) whinnies the Stu and Inspector Abiline climb aboard. Bessie takes off at speed through the streets. CUT! To inside the Winx living room! Mrs. Winx is seated and quietly sobbing. Uh, 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 uh. Stu and Inspector Abiline are seated near her while the doctor pokes around the room. Winton was a good provider. What am I going to
3: do? Perhaps I can talk to the Norway Trading
1: Company.
0: Not much point. They didn't even have him on their books.
1: Hey doc even I know to be a bit more sensitive around the widow.
4: Oh that's all right. I'm not surprised. No way didn't have him formally registered. He was a good worker, dedicated, but he got sick a lot and it would sometimes keep him out of work for weeks. Made it hard to hold down a full-time position. That must have
1: been hard on you.
4: Well yes because it meant I'd have to go back on the
1: game. Oh you you don't need to go in It's how it.
4: we no, that's lovely, but again, you don't Penny need to... Penny Farthing, they used to call me. Oh, this is awkward. Jump on board for a bone-shaking ride. Oh, oh, God. Yes, that's what they used to say. <laughs> Maybe I'll just go back on the game now that Witten's gone. Doc, can you help here? The doctor has been distracted by a picture above the mantelpiece. It is identical to the one she saw at the Norway Trading Company.
0: Mrs. Winks. This picture?
4: Oh, yes, that's my linton there on the far left. That was the last voyage he ever crewed on. Hey, that giant volcano,
1: is that... Krakatoa!
4: <laughs> Their steamship Jefferson was trading around Java in the days before the explosion. Cut to flashback. The SS Jefferson is anchored off Krakatoa, which is rumbling steadily. <laughs> <laughs> Poor oh, merchant seamen are on the beach, loading bundles of chinchoa tree branches into a small boat. They are Gideon O'Grady, Winton and Winks, Cecil Glans, and
2: Todd Sheeny. This is going to be a tidy bit on the side. I'm going to buy the missus a new hat. And you're sure the captain won't notice the extra c- cargo? Come
4: on, Sheeny. You know, Captain Archibald <laughs> and Bovo <Boffa> wouldn't <laughs> notice pirates attacking a midship, the old truck. Oh! As long as you're sure <coughs> Giddy and O'Grady
2: Breaks off a piece of bark And throws it at Todd Sheenie Here you go, Sheeny. Put that into some water with gin And you'll be right as rain A loud eruption interrupts <coughs> Ooh! Ooh! And four men look slightly panicked Towards the
4: volcano Fucking hell Oh, Jesus <laughs> Oh, my goodness <laughs> Cut back to present day <laughs> Winton said hearing that volcano put the fear of God into him. They smuggled out their extra cargo of quinine, but Winton said poor Todd Sheeney died of malaria on the way home. Fancy that, escaping Krakatoa, but dying of a mosquito bite. Hmm,
0: fancy that. That's
4: pretty metal, though, seeing Krakatoa go off.
0: What about the two other men? Did they keep in touch?
4: Gideon O'Grady
1: and
0: Cecil Glams?
4: No! Winton didn't even like to them. I think they reminded him too much of that volcano. He reckons he got ash in his lungs, see, and that's why he got so sick so often. There is a sudden knock at the door. Inspector Abiline answers it. It's another young constable with an urgent message. Sir, HQ said you'd be
0: here. Uh, There's been another attack.
4: Dramatic music sting as everyone looks at each other.
0: Mrs Winks, may I borrow this picture?
4: Of course, but uh, what's going on? She doesn't get to answer as Inspector Abiline, the Doctor and Stu pile out of the house and back to the handsome cab outside. Cut to the Whitechapel Bell Foundry. Inspector Abiline, the Doctor and Stu cross into the dark lane near the foundry, closed off to nosy locals by uniformed bobbies. What's going on there? there? I like to see things with my face. (laughs) The doctor holds up the picture.
0: Gideon O'Grady. That's two in one day.
3: The manner of execution appears identical. Mr. Lake, your thoughts. Mm, mm, yep, seems
0: legit. Which means if Sheeny is already dead,
4: we
3: need to find Glans.
4: Dramatic musical sting. Dun dun dun. Skew <clears throat> tries to hold back a snort but fails. Uh, Glans. Cut <laughs> to Cecil Glans hovel. Darkness has fallen with mist swirling around the streets of Whitechapel. We see Cecil Glanz shuffling towards his front door. He opens it and squeezes inside. The place is full of hoarded rubbish, lots of sea-related anchors, lifebuoys, maps on the walls, specimens of sea creatures and fish tanks. Cecil places some newspaper-wrapped packages an already messy chair and goes back over to his fish tanks and sprinkles some greasy gross food stuff into the bowels hello rasmus here you go zachariah don't worry lucius i'm not forgetting you he picks up lucius's fish bowl, and a loud breathing sound is heard <sighs> did you forget me Settle drops the fish tank, which shatters to the ground. <laughs>
0: Shh.
4: Who's there? Show yourself, don't you know? <laughs> the mysterious creature moves into the life. It is Jefferson Starfish. He is half-man, half-starfish monstrosity with a mangled face in the middle of a, the central arm. Five years I will have my revenge. To nearby street! The Doctor, Stu, Inspector Abilene, and a couple of constables are running along the cobblestones. The Doctor has her sonic out, scanning!
0: Those ossicles you found, there's traces of them this way. If we assume a monster killed both Winton Wicks and Gideon O'Grady and is heading for Cecil Glans, we should just be able to follow it.
1: It's like a really gross Hansel and Gretel.
4: They turn the corner and run up to Cecil Glans' house!
0: There! They
4: run up to the door. The doctor breaks the lock with his sonic. Zzz, bang! And they burst in. Boom. This is definitely the home of a serial killer. They hear groaning noises from the next room. Oh. Inspector Abilene pulls out his pistol. And the constables ready their truncheons. They run in to see Jefferson Starfish shoving a starfishy hand into Cecil Glenn's face in the middle of a sort of flotsam and jetsam. You left me!
0: You left me! <coughs>
4: Cecil lets out a muffled scream!
0: <coughs> Stop! Starfish, stop!
4: Jefferson Starfish turns around and lets out a starfishy howl! Doctor! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Doctor I've got a
4: good shot!
0: No! <laughs> don't shoot! Look <laughs> at him! He's beautiful!
1: That is objectively the ugliest thing that has ever existed.
0: Open your mind, Stu!
1: Seriously, Doctor, this is the kind of nightmare hentai porn
4: is made of. Jefferson Starfish lunges at the new intruders but cannot move fast! I will have my revenge!
0: <laughs> revenge? For what? What are you? Were you a monster on Krakatoa, lying dormant until these chaps found you? What did they do to you?
4: <sighs> Cecil, <clears throat> tell them. It wasn't. It wasn't meant to happen. We tried to reach you. You laughed me.
0: Wait, Todd Sheeny. Mrs. Wink said he died of malaria on the way home, but he didn't, did he?
4: We were trying to leave. Cut to flashback 1883 Krakatoa! Picking up from where the last flashback ended! The eruption has panicked the four merchant seamen. They jump into the boat and start rowing back to S.S. Jefferson. Row, A sudden wave sweeps up the boat and washes over Ted Sheeney! Oh, buddy! He is washed out of the boat. Sheedy, we cannot go back. Swim. I can't swim <laughs> Todd Sheeny sinks under the surface. The boat keeps rowing away. Bro, Sheedy, bro, oh my goodness. Bro, bro, Cut bro, bro. to under the ocean. Sheeny sinks to the shallow, sandy floor. Dozens of starfish begin crawling towards him with their tiny, freaky mouths. <laughs> they cover him and begin eating him and sucking at his life force. Just then, a lava stream pours over them all. We see the full eruption of Krakatoa. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> BBC budget. In the aftermath, we see a large ball of pumice stone floating on the water. On top is Todd Sheeny, his human form subsumed into a freakish starfish shape, harnessed by lava power! He stirs, then stands up on the pumice stone, waving his starfishy arms at the howl at the sky and howls! <laughs> Cut back to present. It was an accident. You could have helped me. Instead, you let me to die. I swore I would paddle that power stone until it reached home to make you all suffer the way I did. It took me five years. <laughs> Suddenly, Jefferson's starfish shivers
0: and semi-collapses.
4: The doctor scans him with her sonic.
0: He's cold. He may once have been an Englishman, but his DNA now is mostly Indonesian starfish. He can't survive here.
1: I mean, the obvious question is whether he should survive at all.
0: We can help you. But, Revenge! Mate, you paddled a pumice stone from the Indian Ocean to London. You know what they say. Success is the best revenge, and you're the most successful sailor I've ever met.
4: I'm tired.
0: I'm not surprised.
3: Doctor, this monster has murdered two
4: people. I need to take him into custody.
0: Those were just primal animalistic urges. Actually,
4: I killed a few people on the journey back here, too. I I discovered I really had a taste for it. Look, do you
0: want help or not?
4: Please don't hurt me, Todd. I'm so sorry. I've collected all these maps, all these nautical items, these fish in your memory, in hope that someday, somehow, your spirit would forgive me. Also because you're a hoarder.
1: What? Uh, Nothing. Don't let me spoil the moment.
3: Doctor, I cannot allow this monster back
4: onto the streets.
0: Don't worry, (laughs) Abbas. I've got a nice spot in mind for him.
4: Cut! To a bit of ocean between Java and Sumatra, the TARDIS (laughs) materialises. The Doctor and Sue open the doors into the bright sunshine.
0: Come on, then.
4: Jefferson Starfish slowly edges his way to the door of the TARDIS.
0: We've come forward in time to New Year's Day, 1928, where something very special is about to happen.
4: There is a series of loud explosions and cracks and a volcano begins to emerge from the seas!
0: This is Anak Krakatoa, the child of Krakatoa. It's taken the place of the volcano that erupted in 1883 that caused you to be created. Here, you can rest on its hot lava sands and be at home. But I
4: will be alone. Look. They look into the water to see thousands of starfish floating towards the new volcanic island. It's a constellation of starfish.
0: You will be among your kind. And remember, when you can reproduce asexually, (laughs) you're never truly alone.
4: Thank you, Doctor. I may be a murderous freak of nature, but I'm glad you could see... The good in me! Jefferson Starfish jumps out of the TARDIS into the water and floats with all the other starfish.
1: Well, that's a happy ending to a really gross series of events. Yeah. You know, I realize, Doctor, that starfish regenerate, just like you, and that's why you were so nice. Maybe. But, Doctor, there's one question I still have who really was Jack the Ripper?
0: Oh, he's a totally different alien. Should we let Abiline know?
1: Stu thinks for a moment. There are so many people making good money off Jap the Ripper these days. It's problematic, but let's let them have their fun.
0: I'm glad you could join me in this morally grey area, Stu.
1: Well, you know what they say. We built this city on rock and roll.
0: We built Built this this city!
1: (laughs) We built this city on rock and roll. We built this city (laughs) Oh,
0: wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hello, everyone. Oh, well done. <laughs> so, ah, uh, <laughs> he's, he's,
4: he's got into the groove.
0: What did everyone think? It's fun. <laughs> it's
1: good. That was real, that was so much better than it had to be. <laughs> <laughs>